I was those scenes make me laugh because I'm like, this is Star Wars, so more, such way more technologically advanced in a lot of ways. But then you're like, don't they just have like a Bluetooth speaker that they could have put out there and then like yelled into the mic and would achieve the same thing? But apparently, you got to walk up there. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Ian Anderson. Some shit. And Jay Vinson. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You ever find yourself wondering if you take time to set your TiVo, record a show each week, or spend the money on a streaming service, or invest hours into binging that show that everybody's talking about? Well, we're here to answer that question for you. We do put TV shows on trial. We pass judgment, let you know our verdict. To check out our other episodes, if you're joining us on Facebook or Instagram, you can head to our website using the link in our bio. If you're on YouTube, the link's in our description down below. You can also listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Ghana, just to name a few. And remember, it's always free. Today, we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian. Cool part is it picks up almost immediately after the conclusion of Season 1 as The Mandalorian is drawn to the outer rim in search of others of his kind. So first of all, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Spoilers to come. So if you haven't watched this episode, get out now, go watch it, because we're going to deep dive. We're going to talk about spoilers. So let's do this. There are some major points, obviously, to discuss here. Matson, you had a question, so I'm just going to let you lead in with your question. Yeah, just it's something that I saw in kind of season one that some people liked and didn't like, and it happened in season two, at least in my opinion. I was really hoping for them to kind of dive right into the main plot point of the story because we know that he was quested to to find and return Baby Yoda to his people, and we knew that he needed to go find another Mandalorian to help make this happen. But then, in my opinion, they wanted to all be a really amazing side quest, but that seems to be kind of the theme of Mandalorian where we meet these people that are going to influence the story in probably big ways. But I wanted there to be more of at least the meat of the plot for me. I just wanted to ask uh, you guys, did you like the direction went for the first episode? Were you hoping for more like me of kind of the meat of the plot? I, as you can tell, was hoping we'd get a little bit more into the thick of the main part of Mandalorian, not the super awesome side quest. That, albeit, probably is going to fit very well into the story. But I want to hear it from you guys. I honestly was looking so forward to the... um dark saber and i thought that's really where we would pick up but honestly i I thought it was kind of like a nice little it was almost like that sanctuary episode from season one it was like an immediate breather at the beginning and that was just like kind of like that's what kind of threw me off and i think that's kind of what threw you off too is that they Mm -hmm. kind of hit us with that sanctuary type feeling in the beginning so that we're kind of lethargic and then and then all of a sudden they ended on something (laughs) i'm not gonna say because spoilers (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I you feel like they just don't have enough of the meat there yet. I, I don't know. I just watching the first season got that feeling a lot where there's a bunch of side quests and it felt like very filler to get to the actual like heavy hitter type story plot points. So I just don't know if they don't have that much or if they're trying to make it more. You can watch one and be like, OK, like you kind of get a full story in one episode by chunks. I don't know. No, I get where your question came from. For me, it makes a lot of sense, too, because that's this this story seems to go that way, right? Like Kind of like you said in season one, he's all about, he goes, other than the very first bounty that he picks up, they all kind of go sideways on him. Like something always goes weird and he ends up mm-hmm. doing something other than what his initial plan was. So it fit for me, but I definitely can see where, you know, you were looking for more of that storyline, especially the one where it's about trying to get this kid back to where he belongs. And, you know, if nothing else, back to the Jedi or his own people. So, yeah, 
I definitely can see that. The last thing I wanted to say, and that's why I enjoyed the last episodes of season one, I think so much because it stayed very on brand to driving what I perceived the main story, which I was most interested in. And my only worry is if they're going to continue to kind of do that again, uh, to Ian's point, I'm hoping there's enough there to really drive the narrative that I'm looking for, because I'm very captivated by that narrative. But some of these sideshow stories albeit very cool and visually stunning. I want to see more of the meat of our characters and really get into them. It's fair. I could see that this episode potentially was to introduce sure. a new character. Like that felt mm-hmm. very focused towards pointing towards that character, which we'll talk about in the future. So I could see that as well. I was just going to say, I th- I read something today that was like uh, talking about how the two guys were wearing the mask. And I was like, imagine having to film that. And so that got me thinking, like maybe they go to these places like tattooing and places that we know from Star Wars lore to show us these cool things that they couldn't during the movies, like the beasts and the sand people. And like, it's kind of like a way of giving fan service, but it's getting in the way of the plot. That's a good point because that's what I felt like with this episode is that it was a lot of deep cut fan service stuff, which we'll talk about. And it's actually a good lead in to kind of something you brought up, Jay, in previous conversation as we have been texting about this episode is the cameos. There's a ton of cameos just in this episode alone. And there was always big cameos but most of them drove the point some of them in this one in my opinion felt like they didn't necessarily so the first big one obviously we have Gore Koresh which is the Cyclops character at the beginning he was played by John Leguizamo and John Favreau actually directed this episode and he is the he works a lot with Favreau so it's another one of those we pulled Favreau out here he's directing and now we got this so I thought that was cool that John Leguizamo was in this but then Amy, Sider- Amy Sedaris is back as Peli Motto which just thrilled me because I love her I love those droids. She cracks me up. I like that they show that he's warming up a little bit to droid. Yes, the droids got to do uh, work on on the thing. I was so happy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That that progression that he made from last season with IG-11 was in the forefront, so that was pretty cool. And then we move into a more heavy part of this story when we get out to the middle of nowhere. So the Weequay bartender was played by W. Earl Brown, who was in Deadwood, with Timothy Oliphant, who we find out, we see this, which was a cool shot, by the way, guys, when the freaking Boba Fett armor walks into the door. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, are we going to get him this early? And then it turns out, no. He looked a little skinny and wimpy, though, once yeah. you realize. You're like, ah. Absolutely. Well, and it, it caught me off guard because I saw it. I was like, oh, are they going to introduce him? Then I forgot that this character who Timothy Oliphant plays in Cobb Vanth, we find out he pulls the helmet off and he, he's not Boba, obviously. But you find out at one point that I realized that this is a character from a trilogy of books called the Aftermath series that happened directly after Return of the Jedi. And he's in this and he's He's in these little side chapters. He's not part of the main story, but they tell a different version of him coming upon this armor. But I just wanted to see what you guys thought about mm. Cobb Vanth and this whole Boba Fett armor being right there. It was pretty cool, man. Um, I was just thinking when you were saying about the um, the armor was um, something that uh, I read was actually about how, uh, man, I can't place it now. But anyways, I was just I was trying to figure out because I, I wrote him down as uh, basically a cosplayer with Mando armor. Like even when he <laughs> even in the shot where he actually uses it on the people in the town, it was like, well, he's not as efficient as Mando, but and uh, I don't know. I, I kind of forgot where I was going with that thought. It kind of took me somewhere. But um, yeah, that was actually really cool. And I loved I feel like. Uh, 
Timothy Oliphant gets so many bar scenes. Like I was telling you guys, like I really, when it, when, when they came in and they did it and he was like, can I get you a drink? Like sit down. It was like, he was doing Leo's role from once upon a time. And I was like, man, but then again, you reminded me he's in Deadwood. So he probably does that shit all of the time. Well, and he was also in that FX show. What, it, oh, what Justice was it? or something Just, like yeah, that. Justified. Justified. Yeah. So, Justified. I mean, he, this guy's in bars a lot. <laughs> Looking badass. Yep, and the whole Wild Wild West theme for sure. Yeah, I really liked him, and I love Timothy Oliphant. Like, I've always enjoyed him in most of the movies and TV shows that he's done, so I was really excited to see him in that Cobb Vanth role. By the way, uh, John Leguizamo in the beginning was, like, such a treat because it was almost like the Horatio Sands in the first episode, mm-hmm. but I knew who this person was, and I was like, oh, my God, I love John Leguizamo, man. He was awesome, and, yeah, you're right, he did, he did uh, Chef with yep, John great Favreau. movie. He was awesome in that. Great movie. That's what we're doing, boys. That's my choice for the movie next week, since we're not Chef. doing the theater movies, is Chef. I'm going to make you guys watch Chef. I love that movie. Yeah, was, dude, that's the feel-good movie of, like, all time. Hell, yeah. Like, I watch that to cheer up sometimes. <laughs> yep i love it so yeah john leguizamo was a fun one all of these were pretty fun cameos there is one big one we're going to talk about we're going to wait until the yeah. end to talk about it because it's such an impact but i want to talk about the tuscan raiders guys so tuscan raiders from the day one of of star wars have always been kind of vilified with the exception of i mean obviously in episode two anakin slaughters a whole village yeah. of them so you kind of feel bad for them but they're still the enemy i mean they kidnapped his mother they tortured her whatever it was and so they were still bad you know at some point so we didn't really feel too bad for them we just saw them as part of darth vader's progression right in this we get to see that they're they're not bad and there's some very huge parallels to the old west the wild west right between the indigenous americans and and yeah. the the Western settlers, things like that, that you see those comparisons there. But I was really, I loved the whole negotiation, how they had to work together. What did you guys think about that whole plot point? Well, I think in today's day and age, it sends a great message about all the the turmoil going on in, in not just American culture, but around the world that, I mean, there's going to be times when you're going to have to to partner up with your perceived enemy to mm-hmm. accomplish a greater goal, a greater good. And I think that's something that resonates quite often. You have to put aside your differences and come together to achieve something greater, something bigger. Um, and that's one of the messages I took away from that. But I, I think it's also realistic to see that. What's what's the character? It's not Boba Fett, but what's, what's his name? in the actual uh, oh marshall yeah marshall when he when i i just loved and he they were sitting around the fire and obviously mando can speak the language and all and it was pretty funny because it seemed like a tough language to speak it'd be hard (laughs) on the voice uh but you can just see the marshall just sitting there probably just stew and he's like i can't understand this these people have murdered my people stolen things like that he and he was i mean he blew up on that scene but then mando pulled back he's like look if we don't have them then this is just going to keep going and your town's going to get picked off and so really resonated with me but i thought they they did get a did a great job showing tension on both sides of the table but showing why moments like that can work it's a great point. i didn't even know that there's all that backstory with these people like i knew so i actually saw like star wars was on tbs last night basically mm-hmm. and i turned it on and i watched and i saw that there was like the well one he sees the sand people when he's with r2 and he's like r2's trying to find obi-wan and he's like oh, i was just mm-hmm. sand people and i was like even then i was like damn sand people like i'm I, i'm surprised they uh still air that but okay um yeah. and then they did but then there's a whole backstory that you i didn't even know about and then when Matson, what you're just talking about made me uh kind of think is this what the mud horde clan is going to do from now on come 
bring enemies together around the world you know what i mean <laughs> but so damn they're actually they stole anakin's parents i totally forgot about that but yeah it was actually pretty cool I, and i agree and now i am wondering about that question is that what you know for the for and you kind of worded it perfectly two enemies coming together for a greater good and i'm like wow that sounds like what the show is ultimately going to be about they do it a lot right they did yeah, it they throughout did. first season when you oh, think yeah. about it mm-hmm. yeah it's very interesting to that comparison and that, that was a great point Matt. and i like that i didn't think about that the other thing that it did was in going back to episode four when we talk about a new hope we have the crate dragon which for the the first introduction to a Dope. great dragon, oh, I was so excited when we actually got to see one. Besides, in a really old video game, but the Wait, crate... is that what killed Boba Fett? No, no, no. In what the, killed Boba Fett was no. That's a great question. What killed Boba Fett was they were talking about. They talk about a Sarlacc pit, and so yes. he gets he ends up in a Sarlacc pit where where they talk about the Mandalorian says you can unless you eat your way out of one, right, or something like that, <laughs> or you kill the the Sarlacc. So that's what got Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. He fell into a Sarlacc pit. The crate okay. dragon is what. Obi-Wan uses to scare away the Tusken Raiders from Luke after they attack him. He uses the big noise as he comes walking oh, up with his, that's what that his noise robe is? and he's doing this shit and they run away from him because there's that big loud noise. It's a crate dragon howl. And so, uh, and there was line, they cut the line and he just says the you know, the sand people scare easily, but they'll come back with bigger numbers. Well, there used to be in the original script, it was the crate, the sand people scare easily and that was a the crate dragon howl, which is one of their enemies or something. It was something like that. They explained the crate dragon. But yeah, that's what he did mm-hmm. was a crate dragon howl. And you can hear it throughout this episode as the crate dragon is howling and screaming. There's little undertones of that same noise. So you know they grabbed that audio file from episode four and put it in that roar Dude, a couple of times. That would scare me. I'd if I was Sam for like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna go the other way. That thing is like the size of three football fields or something. <laughs> There's and it was so such many people, people the ones like putting the bantha out there, like putting the bait. And then they yeah. have the three other guys going scared. I was like, man, you got to be pretty ballsy to to be the person that's going to go wake that thing up. Well, my, they, they, they played us perfectly for that scene where they feed them because the thing came in, ate the the, the beast. Because I like seeing the beast. I was like, oh, it's from the movie. And then when they were doing walking in there, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Is the guy not going to get eaten? And then it just skips the beast. Uh, <laughs> I was Those scenes make me laugh because I'm like, this is Star Wars. So more, such way more technologically advanced in a lot of ways. But then you're like, don't they just have like a Bluetooth speaker that they could have put out there and then like yelled into the mic? and would achieve the same thing but apparently you gotta walk up there <laughs> so funny yeah i thought that was the best when it didn't even go after the band oh, and it just felt ate him. so bad for that dude on that dragon how does i i gotta be it was such a cool dragon and everything but when i think of sand and i walk on sand i'm around sand i'm just like and that thing was going through the mountain then it popped up on the out on the other side behind their whole crew how, i mean we don't have an explanation of how it gets through the sand that quickly but man i'm like how do you even do that? It's like swimming through water for it, basically. Yeah. Crazy. It was really cool visuals. I love that one where it popped out. You thought they'd exploded oh. it, and it pops out of the top of that mountain. That and then cool. it just, what, vomits on people with acid vomit? That was yeah. surprising to me. I was not ready for that. Yeah, that one caught me off guard, too. Well, and you haven't seen them. This is the first time in any kind of cinematic version yeah. that you seen these animals like you they're throughout the universe like there's a card game where there's a crate dragon and the crate dragon howl they're kind of like a magic the gathering type card game that 
as they're in and then they but they were in the knights of the old republic video game so you could go kill him and they, so at the end well, there's another little easter egg which was pretty cool when they kill the crate dragon and he holds up that big ball at the end when they find it in the body yeah, i wrote a note i was like uh we got our ball back like you know, like a neighbor or some shit like the thing ate it 10 years ago and you finally got your ball back what is it it's a that's a crate dragon pearl and it's something that they produce. It's kind of like a clam pearl or, you know, whatever it is that, you know. So, but they create these pearls and they're worth ungodly amounts of money. And for the the Tuscan Raiders, they're like a show of your clan's strength. So if you have one, it means you're the ultimate because you've killed a crate dragon, right? Which obviously we see as a formidable enemy to take down. Well, in the Knights of the Old Republic, you could go and kill a crate dragon and sell those pearls. You could harvest the pearl, and they were worth a hundred thousand credits, which was Whoa. a ridiculous amount of money for the game. So, and for the anything, but yeah, so they're worth a lot of money, and that's why they wanted the bot. The when they tell the settlers, "We'll leave you alone. You just leave the the carcass and the ichor. We want that. They're looking for." that pearl and then of course food which i love uh, you I see did. the mandalorian strapping on a big ass piece of meat <laughs> yeah Yoda, the, the child is eating it right the little yeah, he's Yoda picking at it, it. Big yeah. old piece of beef jerky oh uh, yeah no it was great so i i was i was thrilled when you're standing in that town and the it starts shaking and the crate dragon kind of goes through and he says it's a crate dragon i almost lost my shit i was like i've been waiting 38 years for them to go deeper into a crate dragon and actually show one so I was my note on that one was hold up stop crate or uh monster crossing because everybody just stopped on the sidewalk <laughs> and allowed it to go by <laughs> yeah well they're not wrong at some point that thing's gonna cause some serious issues so really cool all right guys so ian it's your turn my friend you you had some questions about our final cameo yeah i selfishly wanted to use my time to tap jj's knowledge about star wars and i wanted to know more about the fets like how they got their mandalorian armor are they are they not um i did a little bit of research last night because i just kind of got into that black hole but i wanted to hear it from somebody i trusted <laughs> instead of random people on the internet just saying crap it is uh it's quite the rabbit hole you can go down when it comes to boba fett and Django fett so i'll kind of go in first of all let's this cameo is boba fett at the very end of the episode you see tamira morrison who played Django fett and the clones in episode two attack of the clones and so you see he was the Django fett was who the clone army in in the star wars universe was based on and built on and boba you in, you're introduced to boba as a child in that episode and he's very young and he is a pure clone of Django and raised as his son so he's unaltered the clones were all art, altered to make them mature faster he was not so he grew up as a child and he's throughout the lore obviously we were introduced to him early on in the holiday special and then he was in empire strikes back as well as return of the jedi and we thought he died in return of the jedi we see in this he did not so you can see he's kind of got some burn scars it looks like from i'm assuming the acid within the sarlacc pit belly because that's what you're kind of thinking like deadpool's face yeah kind of exactly mm. you're, yeah so you're mm. digested in his armor and in the extended expanded universe before they reset the canon he survived he, he becomes the mandalore which is the leader of the mandalorian people and which they've changed that whole thing a little bit with the new canon but he becomes the mandalore he has a child he has grandchildren who become the mandalore he fights against a race of aliens called the yuzhan vong which is a nasty race of aliens anyway that's the whole expanded universe 
course, with this new canon, we know now that he survived. In those Aftermath books, you find out that they found his armor with some of this acid damage on it. Cobb Vanth takes it. That story's a little different from the book to there, so you see there's some maybe unreliable narrators in these these shows, which is cool. But there's I can't say 100% guarantee that Boba is a true Mandalorian because it's not ever said in any lore, any canon that's true canon now. So it was intimated in the expanded universe canon, the new canon with Disney. No one's ever said yes or no, they were true Mandalorians. I like to assume that they are because it makes sense to me that Jango Fett would have been with the the high level armor that he had. I just have a hard time feeling, especially now that we know with this Mandalorian, this Beskar armor, it was obviously Beskar that that Boba had. And then you see that Jango's was just a dyed colored Beskar because it deflected those blaster bolts pretty well. So my assumption is that they are. I'm hoping that this series will answer it. But Boba was obviously being a clone of Jango to me because he's a clone. He still has Mandalorian blood. So as long as they prove that he is, but there's also reports out there that he they just wear Mandalorian armor. They were able to acquire mm-hmm. it in certain ways. And obviously because they're, Jango was a badass, it took a badass to take him down in the movies. So it's not hard to believe that he was very good and could have taken some of this armor and Django got that armor and then dyed it and did whatever he needed to do with it. But or Boba, but I like to think they're Mandalorian. I think it will be a waste of this great character if they don't make him an actual Mandalorian, especially with how much tie in they're working on with this show, yeah. um, bringing in stuff from rebels and the clone wars where the Mandalorians played such a big part throughout those, both of those animated series. I just feel like it would be a waste if he's not, but there is a chance that they're not that they just had Mandalorian armor. But that yeah, was him at the end. Because most of what I found was people saying they're not Mandalorians. So I'm yeah. kind of satisfied to hear you say that you hope they are. But I get, I mean, it's up uh, to Disney news. at this point. Big they could news. just say they're Mandalorians if they're smart. I, I don't I know. But they Maybe that's of... what this show is for. The show is to like answer questions yeah. people have had about canon. They're like, no, no, wait. Han, he actually shot that dude. <laughs> yeah, and this guy is actually a Mandalorian. <laughs> Uh, and it could be, and they've done a lot of that, which the other thing that I really love is they're not afraid. They've shown that they're not afraid to dive into the expanded universe and actually bring some of that, that they, they decanonized years ago and bring it back into canon. I think that's really exciting um, because of all these stories that are going into now, obviously something like one of the things is just an offshoot here is Boba in his older age trained one of the children of Luke Skywalker to fight his brother, her brother, who they were twins, Jason and Jaina Solo. Uh, sorry, so it was Solo's kids, Solo. And yeah, they become Jedi and kind of a parallel to the most recent trilogy. One of them becomes a Sith Lord and and Boba trains Jaina to fight Darth Kata, who is her brother. So he throughout this, they're bringing in some of these really cool stories. It's really fun. So I'm excited to continue to see how they do that and answer some of these canon questions. Ian, to your point, there are a lot of people who are very much against them being Mandalorian. And I don't know why that is. Uh, I think it's just a preference. I want them to be because I think the Mandalorians have always held such a high place in lore, even before they decanonized a lot, that these guys were so cool. They're There's mythic fighters, this militant society that everything that mattered was being strong and powerful uh, warriors. 
years. And so the, here you have two, at least Boba, throughout this the history of Star Wars has been like this feared entity of a warrior and a bounty hunter. So why would we take the ability away from him to be continue with that and just be the coolest thing? So we have some comments here. Aaron Diaz, Matson, he tell he says you're the man. So <laughs> He just started season one, so he doesn't really get Star Wars at all, but going to try and learn. I, I think that's cool, Aaron. I'm excited for you. Learn Star Wars. As you can tell, I am deep cut nerd for Star Wars. And then he had a question. Can you guys explain what a Mandalorian is? Absolutely. So, man, I'll di- dive in. You guys can fill in. The Mandalorians are a race of people from the planet Mandalore, and they are a militant society everything that mattered to them was military strength. A lot of them went off to become, uh, you know, if they left the planet, they would be bounty hunters. They would be soldiers for hire, different things like that. But they were always very highly equipped. They had in the old canon, it was Mandalorian iron. We've learned now that it's Beskar steel, which is their, their weapons and everything are made of. So yeah, that's, those are Mandalorians. And there's not many of them left. There was the Mandalorian purge, the purge of Mandalore during the shortly following the Clone Wars. Which um, I found out during our episode in season one. Like, I didn't even know that was something. So I'm a newbie like like he is, you know what I mean? Like, I kind of just fell into this. But yeah. What were, yeah. What were you going on? What were you saying about with uh Just that there aren't many left. So we... Oh, okay. And most of them now that we're finding out through this series are adopted into Mandalore. They're not actually born on Mandalore. They're not Mandalorian blood. They're adopted in as foundlings, which is really cool. Aaron, good to see that you're listening to this, my friend. Uh, to me, I liken it to Spartans from mm. back in like Greek lore. The Spartans were known for their just developing their, their children and adults into being great warriors. And to me, the Man- Mandalorians are the Spartans of Star Wars in a sense. But it looks like you got another question here. It's uh, You said, is it important to watch a Star Wars movie? first to understand the Mandalorian series. Now that I would say is an extremely loaded question. For the personally, for me, Aaron, the way these are going, I think you can watch and enjoy what is happening episode by episode. But there is a lot of nuanced things that you may not understand from the greater universe. But to me, there's not a ton of kind of traditional Star Wars tie-in from Anakin and Obi Wan and Luke that they really throw into this. So Mandalorian as a series, I think, can still be enjoyed. But if you're looking to understand a lot of the easter eggs we're going to throw out or the connections that you're not going to understand that we may have already talked about it would behoove you big word to watch some of the star wars movies but what does everyone else say i mean i'm i'm i've only seen i saw phantom menace that was maybe my first star wars movie really i think and then i kind of i didn't see the old ones until the new trilogy came out so i'm like right there with you and i think you can enjoy it absolutely it's it's such a well done show i actually had to come up with like a new rating on how to rate these episodes that we're gonna do because i gave the last season like five out of five because it really was that good and it's my favorite part about star wars like you could take the movies away just give me the mandalorian that's all i really care about and especially with baby yoda but uh there are like deep that so many deep cucks that i don't get that only jj can tell me about <laughs> and uh and then also like you know you do see things that pop up like i thought that the the pod racer that the the, the oh, i love that anakin's right it's a it looked like it very similar similar style anyway they never say it was or wasn't but you like to assume that it was because it looked just like that yeah exactly so that's the benefit of like watching the movies is that you do get those deep cuts and like now i gotta i I told JJ I was going to start watching the the series too because a lot of this comes from the series and like you mentioned I I, I don't know if I'll ever watch I'll try to find the holiday special just because you mentioned it <laughs> but if you didn't mention it I don't think I'd ever watch it you can skip it it's bad <laughs> all right 
so Aaron, for me, and I'll just, this is coming from a giant nerd, and this is my one of my favorite parts of The Mandalorian is, no, you don't have to to enjoy this show. And I encourage it because I feel like Star Wars is, is just such an immersive, fun universe to live in. But you don't have to watch them in order to get what's going on. You're just going to, like they've said, and these guys hit it perfectly, you're just going to miss little things that are in there for fan service. But other than that, this, the, it's a very good all-in-one show that holds up on its own. Uh, so he's got Aaron. What's the correct order of the movies? I know some chapters came out in different orders. So I'm a purist. So for me, I would start with episode four, which is A New Hope. It's the original movie that came out in 77. I would start there and go episode four, five, and six, and then jump to episode one, two, and three, and then finish with seven, eight, and nine. That's the order in which they were released. To me, that's the proper order to watch them. And there's reasons for that. The, the original trilogy introduces you, of course, to Darth Vader, who everybody should be at least have heard of at some point, and because he's out there. But that whole story opens up with him and then everything else kind of is based around him in a lot of ways or at least mm -hmm. that skywalker bloodline so i would start there that's just me what do you guys think on that one i'm not going to disagree with that do i think it'd be interesting to have not seen four five and six and start at one two and three I'm never going to be that person, but that would yeah. be because you wouldn't know who Darth Vader was at all, and, and it would start to get closer. You'd get see Anakin's confusion and all that. But Aaron, I, I think I would go with your resident big time Star Wars nerd, aka JJ, and start with what the purists would call. Because I think purists would say four, five, six, one, two, three, and then seven, eight, nine. Honestly, I would go by the numbers because I am that guy. I was just thinking, like, imagine somebody <laughs> when you were saying it's kind of weird. Like, I was like, oh, shit, that, that was actually me. I watched the first, the prequel first, and I'd never watched Star Wars. I knew about it, though, because it was so substantive in our culture that I never even gave it a shot. And then I had to watch it so that I knew this new trilogy coming up. And it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty cool because the things that I now know that you guys can think about when you see the movie and things that I even had to pick up on because uh, just from like culture reference, you can you see those in the prequel. But imagine if you watch it from the prequel all the way through, then I imagine the Star Wars, the, the main trilogy from, you know, the like I, I can't name them, New Hope. Those ones are probably better, a lot mm. better when you have all that backstory, kind of like now with the Mandalorian. You know, it's interesting you say that, Jay, and I have to kind of rethink my process here because Casey, who is not, she hates Star Wars, but she's watched some of them with me and she watched the the, the prequel trilogy, one, two, and three, and she doesn't mind them because visually they're stunning, right? The problem with four, five, and six is they were made in the 70s and early 80s, so the visual effects are all, yeah. all nat they're all practical effects there cgi wasn't a thing back then so they're all practical style effects yeah puppetry uh miniatures everything was done practically and so the visuals are a little wonky they've added some of that in the versions that you'll watch on disney plus they've added some of the cgi so you'll see some of that it's not great cgi so the visuals are a little struggling so if you're gonna be one that you watch four five and six and you're like oh the visuals suck because it's all about the story to me. I, the visuals don't bother me at all because the story is so strong and powerful. Um, but from a point of view where, you know, if you're used to crisp, sharp looking movies, you may want to start with one, two, and three because it'll get you interested in the storyline, which then continues on in four, five, and six in a very interesting way. And then, of course, seven, eight, nine are visually just unreal because of, they're so modern. But so it really. I don't think there's a wrong way to ingest the Star Wars movies. I really don't. The other thing that I would encourage, and it's a lot to do, is I've told these guys, if you haven't, you really should dive into the animated series. They've done more because of who's running this show. Dave Filoni was the producer and, and owned 
both of the animated series Rebels and Clone Wars. And then John Favreau is he's all about the deep cut stuff for Star Wars. So they've done more and will continue this season for more with those two series than even in the movies. Most of the movie stuff is just really cool, you know, fan service. The stuff they're really diving deep on is some of this animated series because the Mandalorian played such a heavy part in both series. So interesting Isn't stuff. The, the Marshall, isn't he a book only character? Van, yeah. Cobb Vanth is a book only character. He was in a, a series of books called Aftermath written I mean, by Chuck. Like, talking Van. about spoilers, but like I, I've seriously, I've only one episode in. I don't. I'm trying to do it weekly. Yeah. But as soon as the and I, I saw the commercials that it was launching, and then as soon as it launched the uh, the E channel, you know, it's got like the scroll at the bottom, and is like, oh, book only character introduced, and and like mm-hmm. just laying out the spoilers for me, and I was like, oh fuck, now I got to watch this thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's pretty fun. All right, Aaron, first of all, thanks for the questions, man. We appreciate you watching and, and diving in. Let me let us know. Reach out. If you have questions, you can always email me. Feel free to email me. I'll talk Star Wars all day long. So hosts at whatsourverdict.com. If you have questions, reach out to us here on Facebook, Instagram. Matson's our Instagram guru, but if he sees a question about Star Wars, I'm sure he'll let me know so I can dive in and, oh, yeah. and answer those. So I will talk Star Wars to him blue in the face so please don't hesitate to reach out matt speaking of all that stuff tell us tell everybody where they can find us yeah if you want to come listen to this uh, later today or throughout the week obviously we're on our youtube channel you can find us on facebook this will also be up- uploaded to to our, our podcast at on spotify and apple and gone and wherever else you really you can find us at what's our verdict tv come chime in and obviously check us out on instagram and facebook as well and and um, send us some some dms some comments whatever we, we want to tr- banter back and forth with you and if it's going to be star wars it's probably going to be jj works for me and finally i i just want to pop it up just to give aaron props man you'll have plenty of questions hit me up sir i'm excited hey, for wanted to give aaron a shout out he's one of the co-hosts on goody two shoes if you guys like watching anything about shoes awesome shoes check out their channel aaron's a good friend of mine vegas rep it all the way aaron thanks for chiming on today man yes we off to check that out goody two shoes i'm gonna have to look into that jay tell everybody where they can find you because you got some stuff going on your spot yourself so honestly twitter everything uh is at hardy jays j-a-y-z and uh yeah actually i uh i'm going to this uh there's this thing that i met at the protest was called poor people's campaign and uh they really are about like grassroots i mean we just basically been calling voters to get them registered really and now we're going to be holding uh protests in, in annapolis in front of uh like the election where they count them on november 4th so mm. a lot of social justice type of stuff cool keep us informed man hey, keep keep up the great work we love what you do and we appreciate you being on we look forward to keep having you on all throughout this series so eight episodes we're going to be reviewing all of them each one individually on live like this so thanks again aaron for the questions we love that you listen to us he says he gets a lot of ideas from our reviews for things for him to check out so we love that we appreciate that keep chiming in man we'll have to have you on an episode dude we love having yeah. guest people so let's let's get let's work with you we'll get you on an episode have you watch a movie or a tv show with us and just like jay that's that's uh that's how we got jay man we we invited him on and now he's a consistent tv podcaster with us so we love it thanks guys for joining us we're going to call it on the uh, mandalorian season two episode one we'll see you next week for episode two can't wait for that and uh thanks again for joining us we'll catch you on the next one guys bye 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 i stole javier's didn't work bye.